Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we're doing the sixth parak of Masechtas Demai, Mishnah Beis, and Mishnah Gimel. Yesterday we discussed the difference between a sharecropper and a renter. A sharecropper is someone who pays a percentage of their yield. A third, a sixth, a quarter, a half. And a chocher is someone who rents, who pays a fixed amount. And as we noted yesterday, people were more often wanted to be a chocher over an aris. People would rather enter into a contract of a rental rather than a sharecropper because there's less risk involved. A chocher, you know, a renter, you know you're getting the same amount, whereas a sharecropper, yes, there's a chance to make more, but also there's a chance to make nothing if it's a bad, it's a bad year, if it doesn't rain, if the animals, get, if the animals eat up all the crops. Therefore, someone who doesn't rent from a Jew but rents from a non-Jew, so uh uh has to take off the miser as well. Yesterday we learned someone who rents from a Jew does not remove miser, only removes the truma. Uh, however, today we say no, by a non-Jew you have to actually take off everything. And the reason for that, says the Yerushalmi, is because we are actually trying to penalize, penalize the person that he should not be renting land from non-Jews. If a non-Jew lives in Israel and he owns land in Israel, rather than rather than you renting land from him, you should not want to have to rent land from him because it's harder, and hopefully that will cause no one to rent from non-Jews, and then they go and sell the land. So in order to try to keep as much of the Eretz Yisrael in the hand of um, Jews and not in the hand of idolaters, we made it a little more difficult to do business with non-Jews, or in this case, idolaters, so that, so that we would eventually pressure the idolaters to sell the land because it's just not worth doing the business in Israel. The Torah's Zroim points out here, Avram Pomeranchik points out here, that based off this Mishnah, it seems to be also there's a Isser to sell or give Tevel to a non-Jew, which is kind of funny. Why Why would it be a problem to give Tevel to a non-Jew? He's not obligated in Shumas and Maestros. He's not obligated in the laws of Eretz Israel. So he gives two reasons based off two different Tosvases in Shas. Either, he says, because what you're effectively doing, it. let's say I pay up my rent with the tevel, I'm included in that tevel is Trumas and Maestros, which doesn't belong to me, but as we've noted, belongs to the Kohen and the Levi. So I'm effectively using the money of a Kohen and Levi to pay off my chovos, pay off my debts, and that is a problem. Alternatively, he says, another Tosva says, no, it's not a problem of paying off, of using the money of a Kohen to pay off your debts, but rather there is a prohibition for a non-Kohen to destroy Trumas and Maestros. There's a prohibition for non-Kohen to destroy Trumas and Maestros, and therefore, what's, what's happening here is if I pay off my debt with, or, or what's happening here is if a non-Jew consumes, consumes the Tevel, so uh, he's essentially destroying Trumas and Maestros. However, says Ramaranchik in the Torah's Rhyme, this both these reasons do not apply nowadays, and therefore there shouldn't be a problem, perhaps, to sell Tevel to, or to in this scenario to sell Tevel or pay off your debts with Tevel. He says as follows: When it comes to paying off your debts with the money of a Kohen, well, we don't really know who a Kohen is nowadays, and since we don't know who a Kohen is, when it comes to monetary law, we say Hamotzi that the burden of proof is placed on the person who wants to remove the money. So unless a Kohen can prove he's a Kohen. He can't really take that money from me, and therefore, perhaps, it's not a problem for, for the non-Kohen to pay up his debts with Tevel. And when it comes to destroying Tevel, well, in this scenario, he's not destroying Tevel. Destroying Tevel, or destroying Trumas and Meisters, would be if I give it to an animal to eat, or if I use it on a wound to heal me. Here, I'm giving it to a non-Jew. He could do whatever he wants with it. I'm paying off my debt with it. I'm not destroying it. He, I'm giving it to someone else. And, okay, he wants to destroy it. That's not longer in my hands. And therefore, because of these are the two reasons, both of them do not apply nowadays, so there shouldn't be a problem with paying off your one's debt with Tevel.
However, our Mishnah is just talking about Stam. The reason one has to take off Trumas and Maestros from the Tevel is not because of that, of the issue of giving a non-Jew Tevel, which the Yushalmi implies, based off this Mishnah, but rather it's a it's a Kanas, because we want to create a situation where the non-Jews don't want to own land in Israel. So, yes, a Oris, generally, a sharecropper does not, we do not require him to remove Trumas and Maestros, because, again, people are less inclined to enter into this sort of relationship because of the financial uh, loss involved, or the potential loss involved. However, what happens if you have a Jew who owns land? He got this land from his father, got from his father, got from his father, who got it from Yeshua Benun, and he gets kicked off his land by uh, one of the, uh, some, some barbarians who come into the land and kick you off the land, and now he goes to the barbarian, he goes to whoever, you know, the invaders, and says, I, I want my land back, can I at least be an Oris on this land? Can I be a sharecropper? So in that situation, we say, He's allowed to be a sharecropper, but he must take off Trumas and Maestros again because we're trying to encourage him to buy back the land from the idolater and make it a little more difficult for him so that he realizes it's better better than be a sharecropper. He should try to find the monies and buy back the land. Mishnah Gimel. Cohen and Levi, Jekibel, Sedemi, Yisrael. You have a Cohen and Levi who become sharecroppers from a Jew. They, Although normally Cohen and Levi did not, were not farmers here, they say we want to be a farmer. They go to the Jew and they say, I want to be your sharecropper. The same way a we said when a, a regular person when he splits up and divides the produce. So what, what a regular a regular person does, he divides the produce up and then he takes off the trumas and maestros and gives it to whoever Cohen or Levi he wants. So do here. When the Cohen and Levi gives their the payment to the owner of the field, the owner of the field then divides up the Trumas and Maestros and can give it to any Cohen he wants. And why is that? Because it's not owned by this Cohen or Levi. They gave it, they get, that's the part that belongs to the Balabayas. However, Rehalaz disagrees and says, no, that the sharecroppers, the sharecroppers, who are the Cohen and Levi, um, they can actually keep the Maestros uh, of that field, the Truman Maestros of that field. Sha'almanas Kane Bo'o, because that is the reason why they entered into this relationship from the outset. Meaning as follows. Our Mishnah, uh, the first day of the Mishnah says that Cohen and Levi are sharecroppers. Yes, they may have special status, but that doesn't affect the fact that the Trumas and Meisters don't belong to them. It belongs to the Balabayas, and the Balabayas can give that Trumas and Meisters to whoever he wants, whenever he wants. A religious disagrees and says, no. The fact that this Levi and Cohen entered into this agreement to be sharecroppers is as if they said, and yes, we are your sharecroppers, we're going to give you one-third. However, any Trumas and Meisters that are owed from this field, even though it the part that belongs to you, that third belongs to you, you're going to have to give it to us. There's a lien on it that it goes to us and not to any Cohen that you want. Everyone should have a wonderful day.